0: Hey, everyone. Chris here. Uh, Before we get into this bonus episode, I I did want to do a little stage setting. Uh, Perry and I decided to do a bonus episode about the Oscars, and in this episode, we do discuss the Oscars uh, decision, initial decision, to present the editing and cinematography and some other awards during commercials. Uh, That actually caused a bit of an uproar, and the Academy decided to turn that decision around, they decided that after we had recorded this episode, uh, I decided to still leave it in, to still get it out there, because I do think kind of our issues of it get to the heart of why the Oscar controversy uh, made so much news this year and how we feel about the Oscars. So I just want to get that out there. Uh, we, we did realize that they turned it around, but they turned it around literally the day after we recorded this episode. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it, though. It, it is a fun episode, and yeah, yeah, I hope you love this bonus episode. Thanks for listening. Everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of. We're watching here. We're watching here. We could probably trade off on that, but it's so much fun to watch. You do that.
1: <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's truly, fully my pleasure to do it.
0: Uh, this is a special bonus episode of Opinionated Movie Talk with Chris and Perry. I'm Chris Williams. With me is my co-host Perry Cyber. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm great. It's the Oscar season. It is. I love the Oscars. i is. We're excited about this. This bonus episode is pretty much all Oscars except. We have a special announcement, uh, today, the day this bonus episode comes out, we have launched a Patreon, so this is a way for if you're enjoying this conversation and you have any way of wanting to support it, be a part of it, uh, head over to the Patreon, whatever you can spare is great, maybe it just goes to defray the cost of seeing movies, getting equipment, um... You know, making our wives happy because we're recording for three hours. A
1: buck in the virtual tip jar is greatly
0: appreciated. Always appreciated, never expected. Um, But we're putting together some fun bonus episodes and things for our patrons, and and it's great. So you can find it at Patreon. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, That is all I will say. That's my that's my selling point for today. Um, because we're going to talk Oscars, which come up Sunday and Perry, you're a huge Oscar guy. So I'll let you take this away.
1: I am, I am, I am a bit of an Oscar obsessive, uh, and we wanted to do this special show where we're not going to talk about this Oscars specifically. We're not, this is not a prediction episode, right? You can find that if you want to know what we're thinking, I'm sure you can find that on our, our various Twitter and Facebook handles. Absolutely. Uh, but I wanted to talk about what the Oscars, uh, throughout history sort of meant to, me and what I remember best and what I love Sure. Uh, and so when we got this idea I immediately jotted down the first things that came to mind just the moments from the telecast I remember and I can remember watching the Oscars back in the mid 80's when I remember watching them okay. full through the first time so 85, 86 somewhere in there and I know I've seen clips of it before then, might have been watching but the 85 is about when I can remember the first full show so uh, the greatest acceptance speech I have ever seen in my life was actually Steven Soderbergh when he won Best Director for Traffic in 2000 2000. uh, in which he said I want to dedicate this to anybody who does anything creative and I thought you could not ask for a greater statement of purpose at the Oscars that was such a beautiful wide open all encompassing Mm -hmm. statement of encouragement (laughs) That, uh, th- you know, that's that's what I hope for when I watch the Oscars. That someone has the presence of mind to say something that great. Yeah, not the laundry list, just the
0: inspiration. I
1: will say that the greatest acceptance speech that never got said... <laughs> I love the story. Alan Arkin uh, has said for years... And actually, it was thrown back at him because he'd forgotten he'd said it. Uh, Kevin Pollack tells the story a lot. Okay. Where uh, Alan Arkin once told him that he, if he ever won an Oscar... He said, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to say this. I believe that pitting artists against each other in competition is gross. It turns us into meat. It belittles everything we do. That said, thank you very much. I could not be happier. Now, if he'd done that when he won for little Miss Sunshine, that would become the greatest would, Oscar yeah, acceptance speech great in
0: history. standing ovation. And...
1: <laughs> and a quick shout out to Randy Newman who upon winning his first Oscar after what was it, 21, 22, 23 nominations mm-hmm. for writing, he gets a standing ovation and the first thing's out of his mouth is, "Sit down, I don't want your pity." <laughs> Which is great and so Randy. Okay, Uh, I was watching if you've never seen this Chris I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've heard of this but if you've never actually seen the clip or if you weren't watching I cannot recommend to you or to any lover of all things hideous go find the clip of Rob Lowe and Snow White and Snow White singing uh, Proud Mary with very changed lyrics about the Oscars this was the moment the Oscars died in the late 80s early 90s this is when it became a fatuous nightmare Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: I've seen the video. I've heard the read the oral history. <laughs> it is
1: it is genuinely horrific. Uh, what I always love with the Oscars, and it doesn't happen often, uh, as the older I get and the more I pay attention to all this stuff, is to be surprised. I just want to be surprised, mm-hmm. and I don't mean by what. I mean, yes, if somebody says something great. That's great, but I mean by a win. I mean yeah. by the Academy saying getting it right. This not even getting it right. I can mm-hmm. even forgive that. I don't need that. I, I, I outgrew that. Okay. <laughs> At some point in my 20s. I don't mean to be right. Uh, we'll get into my philosophy on why I'm okay with this later. But just something that says, oh, I didn't know this is what you were thinking in, a, in, in an exciting way. Sure. And I will tell you, I have my jaw has never hit the floor harder and faster than when Eminem won an Oscar for best song for 8 Mile. Yeah. For Lose Yourself. Because not only had a rap song never come close to winning... Mm-hmm the song wasn't performed that night it was the only best song nominee not performed oh, I don't remember
0: that I thought it was up there. which
1: means wow yeah. you really thought and that was the first time and that really can go back to that felt like okay there's a change underfoot in the Academy it's getting mm-hmm. younger it's getting more there. I don't think it was I don't think it was anything other than that I don't think it was that Eminem was any more socially acceptable than he had been five years before I think it was the Academy saying yes that's really good. And it deserves it. It's a great song. It is a great song. It's the one great thing for the movie. <laughs> oh, I like the movie.
0: I actually I, really I, like the movie. I, we watched it about a year or so ago. My wife had never seen it.
1: It's the smartest remake of Rocky ever. <laughs> I,
0: I, I like Eminem in it. I don't know if I like the movie. But oh, I, but I, I like really, the movie. I, but I do like that song a
1: lot. I, I think Curtis Hansen was a very talented director and shepherded that film beautifully. I really like that movie. And we
0: will get into a episode one day of movies filmed in Detroit. Oh, absolutely. That that. Might make my list for it because of that. It's
1: up there. It it's, a, a it's, a, it's a good movie. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, you asked me my favorite moment in movie history, in Oscar history, and I will tell you, it was, the, uh, it was seeing the Mount Rushmore that handed uh Martin Scorsese his first and so far only best director Oscar when uh, Who did that? Coppola, Spielberg, and Lucas oh, were wow. invited to come out and hand out Best Director that year. Okay, but at that point when you have no. F- <laughs> well, you know, I take them at their word that they don't know. Okay. That that was the assumption. Everybody mm-hmm. believed that, even if the departed maybe wasn't going to win Best Picture, and thankfully it did, mm-hmm. that he was going to win. And so yes, I mean it's it's embarrassing then if they do that and then he doesn't. But he did. And there have been moments like that in the past where someone gives out an award and you assume this is going to be because this person yeah, going to yeah. win. And then they don't, which is always entertaining. Uh, but, yeah, that was uh, a, a moment that I truly treasure. And that was 2000, what, 2007? 2006 or 7. Six, yeah. And uh, honestly, that was the point where uh, uh, Keith Olbermann talks about watching uh, a particular Yankees team in the late 70s. Uh, win the World Series Mm -hmm. in really dramatic fashion and he said that was the point where I sort of let fandom go like at that point I could just talk about the game and report on the game Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I kind of feel about the Oscars at that point. I got a lot less emotionally involved. <laughs> no less intellectually involved. I love them. And I care because I'm interested. I don't care in the sense that my life will be destroyed if A Star is Born wins Best Picture on Sunday. It's it not going to wreck my book. life.
0: It'll be Green book. Which won't
1: wreck my life either, actually. Like that, I have not seen I, Green It's books. better I have, than A Star is Born. Quite this is probably point. the
0: first year, And the reason we're probably not doing a prediction show, this is the first year where I have not seen half the Best Picture. I saw a lot fewer movies last year, um, and so I haven't seen Green Book, Vice, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and the fourth one. <laughs> oh, the favorite. I've not seen the favorite. Oh, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully. But yeah, you know what's funny is when I was a kid, I started liking the Oscars, and then I did get to the point where I was emotionally invested <laughs> to the point Stinkers. where to the point where I remember. Um, Shakespeare in Love, when it beat Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture. <laughs> I made a vow, and I have held to that vow, even though this is a stupid vow, that I would never see Shakespeare. It's a really
1: stupid vow. It's a fabulous movie. And I've heard
0: that, and I'm It sure is a it is. fabulous movie. But I remember I was so it, pro Saving Private Ryan.
1: It's a better movie than Saving Private oh, Ryan. shut up. Shut it's up. It's true.
0: It's but, true. But as I've gotten older, <laughs> I kind of lost that emotional involvement. It is a fun show, it's long. It's never fact, fun enough, but yes. Yeah, it's never what I think. Like, I get, I get excited the night it comes on, and then I watch the show, and usually about 11.30, I'm like, should I go to bed, or should I see... But then I go to bed, and you have something like, one of which I would say is probably my favorite moment that even I had to catch up with it later, when they awarded La La Land Best Picture, and then came back and gave it to Moonlight, which... Talk about, like, FOMO. Like, I wish I would have seen that at that moment.
1: And... I, I, I was watching... And I have to admit, it's the hardest. I could smell the button on my rewind on my DVR button burn as I kept pressing it. I was, and it was great to watch the second time because mm-hmm. you can watch the news hits the back. There's like people like four lines deep and you can watch yeah. it slowly roll up as people are figuring this out. And everybody except the guy talking knows. <laughs> and it's, it's horrible <laughs> and wonderful. Great television. Well,
0: and I love that moment too because talking about like, you know, whether or not they get it right or they, that, I mean, can you imagine if they had said Moonlight, and then said, oh, no, we're wrong. It's La La Land. Oh, horrific. And then they did, horrific. you know, the way it worked out for Moonlight, and yeah, I think Moonlight is a much better movie than La La Land, even though I like Moonlight, or La La Land, <laughs> a La. lot.
1: But I'm like, oh, yeah, that, they're actually going to award this to Moonlight. I love Moonlight. <laughs> Manchester by the Sea was the best film that year, so it doesn't matter. They got it wrong either, got it way, either way. But that's a like that one. But, um,
0: <laughs> but that, was probably, that was probably my favorite Oscar moment, and it's so recent. Um <laughs> I can't remember, like, so many of the moments that I remember that they talk about the next era sometimes the stunts that just, like Neil Patrick Harris and the, you know, the envelope in the box
1: and yeah.
0: stuff that just
1: goes no really bad.
0: But I know it's probably, like, the most famous moment, but I do remember that year, Jack Palance won.
1: The one-arm push-ups. The one-arm
0: push up and just the comedy gold that gave Billy Crystal, which maybe it's not comedy gold in hindsight, but I was really young and thought it was hilarious.
1: It's funny that night. It's not so funny many years later. No, That's, no. I'm fine if Billy never hosts again. I really am. It's not that I dislike Billy Crystal. I'm done with it. But well, he
0: had his moment.
1: And let's face it, the Academy itself has decided to go without without hosts this year, Chris. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Because some changes uh, this year. Some big changes. Some big changes. The, I thought was going to be the biggest one, but... We'll see. I'm I am okay. I don't know what that means, right? Yeah. Do Is there someone that's going to come out and do a monologue? Probably. Is that a good idea? I don't know. Depends who it is. But is it a
0: good idea half the time when the comedian comes out and does the monologue?
1: But it's expected. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. It might be a bad monologue, but no one ever... You've never seen the bad monologue and go... Oh, they shouldn't have done a monologue. You thought, no, that was a bad monologue. Now we're talking about, should there even be a monologue? Wow, you could cut a good 15 minutes out of it if it was a quick three-minute, you know, to to steal, to steal. (laughs) I never thought about it. But if they were really smart, this is what they would do. They would pay somebody to go out there and do the exact speech from the player, from Rob Robbins, the player, which is, movies, now more than ever, (laughs) and just walk off. Like, that would be the best possible way to open the show. But they're not going to do that. I don't know what no host... I, if Here's my fear about what no host leads to. Mm-hmm. No host leads to my least favorite thing other than production numbers that have nothing to do with the actual awards. Like uh, 10
0: years later, let's remember
1: Chicago? Yes. I don't want to... Do, that's even better than even just... Uh, and I'm going to say a name and this is not uh, besmirching this person this is an incredible talent. I don't need to see Twilight Tharp's Dance Company interpret any of the Best yes, Picture winners. Oh that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I don't want. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing I hate most is when the host would come out and introduce someone who was coming out simply to introduce somebody else. Yes. That's the most loathsome thing you can waste my time yes. with. And my fear is that all they'll do is cut BMC, so we'll have many more of those. It'll be a bunch of people coming out to introduce yeah. other people. Hopefully that's not what they're doing.
0: Um, but I can't say I was like... Necessarily jazz to see Kevin Hart. I like Kevin Hart, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm missing out on a Kevin Hart monologue. That is no,
1: good. I'm I, not either. I don't even
0: know who would want it. Like it's such a thankless task. I liked Jimmy Kimmel, but Kimmel was fine. But and I bet Hart would have been fine. Yeah, he would have been fine. I don't know that there's anyone who I would be jonesing to say, oh yeah, I really want to see them. Maybe Pat Noswald. Because, because he is he I, I think he's very funny he's got he's a movie also, career he well and he is a movie freak yes and I, I think he could do it I think he has enough appeal where people like him it doesn't break my heart I
1: don't know if Pat Noz even want to do it I don't know that's an interesting question no I right. would like I would like to see that I would I would pay to see that.
0: I always thought the Muppets should host it. But,
1: <laughs> no. no. But, um, <laughs> I know. I know you love the Muppets. So I, I the got person, the one. No. The and one Kermit come- did. Kermit co-hosted the Oscars one year. Oh, I do he? believe. I believe there was, yeah. There was a strange year in the mid-80s in which they actually technically had four hosts. And it mm-hmm. was like Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, Robin Williams, and somebody else. I'm blanking on who it was. Oh, but it was, it was an odd show. Yeah. You know, it's, why do you want to have a host? You want to have a host who's funny, yeah. who can do some good material, peppered throughout the show. That's all we're asking. Yeah. There's got to be somebody who can step up and do that. And if, and if you're cutting out the host to save time, great. If you bring yeah. this show in at three hours, thank you.
0: But does not need... Like, that's the thing about the... They keep saying,
1: we need to get in at
0: three hours. We need to get in on our time. Uh, the, okay. The people who never go to movies, who are watching the Oscars just to see what to tweet about, they might want the show to hurry up. People who love
1: movies love that the Oscars goes on forever. It's like the indulgence is kind of the thing. <laughs> yes. But three hours is enough. Sure. I don't need to go longer than three. As soon as it gets past three, I'm like, oh, let's wrap. Even I, well, I want this over. This mm-hmm. is, there's no reason to keep doing this. I will say this. All I've ever, all I want from an Oscar show is I want to hear every acceptance speech. I like the of speeches. Mm-hmm. That's why I watch. Sure. yeah. And now I, I grant that is not probably why most people watch. Most people couldn't care less who wins Best Art Direction. I understand that. And yet, I love what these people do. And I want to hear Mm -hmm. what the person says who won. I I do care. That's why I'm invested. Which is why this decision to air some of these speeches not live, but hand them out during the commercial breaks, where you can watch it on the feed, if you want, online. Yeah. And then they're going to edit in the acceptance speech into the show later. Is interesting. I'm. I'm not automatically opposed to it. If you're trying to make a show that's tighter, okay. You're going to make mm-hmm. that live announcement available to me in some capacity, okay. I. I am not offended by this. From what I understand, it's the what it's the actors, the cinematographer. Or no, sorry, the editors, the cinematographers, the makeup. live shorts and makeup. Yeah. And what they did, as I understand it, is the. Uh, they asked. The branches, mm-hmm. uh, who would be willing to do this this first year? And they were hoping to have four taken. They had seven different branches volunteer. And in case we've never explained this, the branch, of so the Academy is made up of branches. The branches are made up of the people who do all the jobs that get nominated. Mm-hmm. There's an editor's branch. There's a director's branch. There's a writer's branch. Right. There's an actor's branch. So on right. and so forth. Uh, and so, you know, these are people who were signing up for this when they got in. They have apparently have seen a sample of the technology and they were all okay with it. And it's also been guaranteed that the artists that the categories that haven't one year will definitely be on the regular telecast next year. So yes, it sounds horrible on the face of it, but I think they have done the best they can. And if it cuts twenty minutes out of the show, and Lord knows I don't need to watch the best live action person who's sitting in the back of the theater walk all the way up, Mm. I. I can, I, I understand getting that cut out. I'm okay with all of that.
0: I guess I feel like, and I was not aware that they had approached these branches. Yeah. So that, that helps a little bit. But the idea that, oh, two of the things we're doing are cinematography and editing. Those are the things that make movies. Yes. And I also think it's very odd that, well, how are we going to still honor editors and, <laughs> and, and let, and get this show on? We're going to depend on some good editing to edit this. Out. Which I really
1: like. Yes, the irony is great. Yeah,
0: but I don't know. I, I, Guillermo del Toro said that those are the things that are, you know, they are in the DNA of cinema. Yes, like they set cinema apart. You know, costumes don't necessarily because theater costumes. You know, that cinema, cinematography, and editing are what make movies. Yes, and e- editing often. He's the movie that kind of
1: gives you the head... Or the award that gives the heads up to... Oh, what could win Best Picture? Yeah, usually you have to be at least nominated for Best Editing to win Best Picture. And... And Roma's not up for Best Editing. That... Yeah. (laughs) For those of us who are worried about these things.
0: Aren't even the cinematographers... The the cinematography nominees... Aren't four of those foreign films this year, too? Probably. people who would be up for their first Oscar. And... I I don't know. There is also the thing that none of those categories have... Nominees who are Disney nominees. Of course.
1: But if you say all five of the nominees' names... Mm -hmm. Sure. And you show the entire acceptance speech of the winner, really... Aren't we good with cutting out the walk-up and the swell of orchestra and the inane, disembodied voiceover saying, this is so-and-so's third nomination and first win?
0: Well, but are you going to get the moment where the one person learns they lose and they're looking pissed off? Or or what if there's the Roberto Benigni moment where
1: they climb over everyone? And... Yeah, but he was best actor. They're not gonna, they're never, well, well, never going to happen to the actors. Maybe, the actors are fine. Maybe there's a coked-up cinematographer. <laughs> and Lord knows that'd be great. And if the more of them would do that, this would happen. They wouldn't go to this thing for the Oscars to get in in a tight three hours. I guess... Please note the irony when I say tight three hours. Yeah.
0: I, I guess I'm okay with the fact that they're at least saying, hey, this is how we're going to solve both problems. But if they're doing this and yet I'm still getting five montages about, yeah.
1: well, this is the best kisses in movie. You know, I don't
0: need See, to- and
1: I go back and forth. I like. Here's what I hated. I hated the... However long it went. Let's call it six minute Mm-hmm. Tribute to John Hughes after he died in the first hour of the Oscars. A man who was never nominated for an Oscar Mm -hmm. (laughs) by trotting out a bunch of people who they thought, oh... Our demographic wants to see these people on screen. So let's haul out Molly Ringwald and Judd Nelson, who we don't really want to see. Well, what's and And give this speech about this guy who you never bothered to even nominate when he was alive and well. And for good reason. None of his scripts should have been nominated. They're not great scripts. Don't get me wrong. I love The Breakfast Club as much as the next Gen Xer. But it's not that kind of script.
0: Here's what we're going to get this year, because they've already said this is probably coming. They're going to, quote... Reunite all the Avengers. There is an Avengers movie coming out in April. Well, yes, that's what this I, is. I know. It's, that's why it's that's, you ad. can't yes. reunite them when they don't go away.
1: But half of them are dead, Chris. I saw the first movie; they just they blew away. Yeah, I know. I, well, I don't know. Maybe there's
0: like a, <laughs> someone's gonna like empty a dustbuster on stage or something. There's Spider-Man, but <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing that's gonna piss me off is when they spend ten minutes of Marvel jokes. And I love the Marvel movies, but I don't need to see Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Tuxes talking. Maybe my wife does. (laughs) My my wife would really appreciate that.
1: So all of these, all of these maneuvers that they've made Mm -hmm. are, they say it's an attempt to increase the ratings for the Oscars. Now I'm going to, I'm going to suggest to you that this is utterly bogus. I'm going to give you right now, I did some research. I've got some crunch some numbers And this is a theory that I think will hold. I have a suggestion for how to fix this. Mm, Okay. I need to relate it to a sports story that you may or may not be aware of. So there was a period of years ago in which the Masters, the famous golf tournament, was under fire for still being basically an exclusionary club. Mm. Women cannot get into Augusta, the the club that hosts the Masters, right? And Augusta, it's Augusta's tournament. It's not owned by the PGA. It's not, it doesn't, they, they run this thing. And there was such financial pressure put on the television sponsors for the Masters that for two years, the, the, the guy who runs Augusta says, oh, okay, we'll just put on, we won't have ads. <laughs> okay. They could afford to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this got me thinking. These numbers I'm going to go with are from 2015. They were the last year I could get full numbers for all these, okay? So these are all 2015 numbers. I would like you to uh, to take a guess at how many movie theater tickets were sold in the United States and Canada in 2015. Oh, God! Tickets sold.
0: Tickets sold. Good Lord. Um...
1: $2 billion. 1320000000 That wasn't that much. Okay. No, it's a great guess. Okay. In 2015, do you know how much ABC paid for the broadcast rights for the Oscars? $75 million. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Now, let's think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. That's the nut. That's the number you have to hit to make this worthwhile for the Academy. Right. Is $75 million. Okay. Yeah. Uh, according to an article that I read, in 2015, it cost them $42.7 million to put the Oscars on. <laughs> so, so, they're, 50, so they're, they're, ta- they're clearing about $30 million yeah, exactly. straight up. That means if we can raise $75 million, ABC doesn't have to give it to them. And they can do whatever they want with the telecast. Right? I just announce
0: the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what I'm saying is, if you do the math, that is an extra six cents for every ticket sold. I know I'd be willing to pay a six-cent surcharge for the Oscars. I understand not everyone would be. I'm not asking that they automatically do Mm -hmm. that. But I have to believe that out of every movie ticket sold, they could finagle the numbers so that everybody involved would shave just a little less. And we could pull six cents out in order to fund the Oscars. And then put it on... Wherever you damn well want. Yeah. If the, your television ratings are dropping for everything, the Super Bowl ratings were down this year. People don't watch television like they yeah. did. You're not going to get those ratings back. Why are you trying? Why are you trying? If your goal is to celebrate film and the film industry, why are you trying to make a television show? This has never made sense to me. Now, I understand. If you want the cultural cachet of, we're concerned that less people are watching because pe- less people will care about the movies. Maybe. I don't know that that's true. I know that's not true. I know that if you gave it to some network and told them, you don't even have to sell ad time. <laughs> you can just have this if you want it. Promo your own shows for the next year with this with this audience that you know you're going to get. Make it, put it in theaters. I Show it live about. in theaters. Now, granted, I would never do that. I, I'm not going to stay up till midnight anymore to drive home from a theater. Right, Maybe but I'm not closest you know to But why not do
0: that? I was thinking about that because a few years ago, uh, the Detroit Film Critics Society hosted an Oscar viewing at the yes. people, And I helped host that. And that was the most fun I've ever had watching the Oscars. A, because I got to get up and talk and that was fun. Of course. But you're, you're with a crowd of people who love movies and you're watching this all unfold, and you get up during the commercial breaks, and you go to your first yes. and stuff. Did a nice dinner beforehand. It was it was celebrating the movies, but it was also that communal thing where, oh, we watched movies together, now we're celebrating them together. And I, I can remember, um, that was the year that everyone thought, oh, um, The Revenant was going to win, and Spotlight won. Yes. And just, everyone in the room, you just heard like a collective, oh.
1: <laughs> Except for me, who was like yes, yeah, that was that and, was a that was a loud yes at my house, yeah,
0: and uh, it, I, I would love that. I would pay for a fathom event that did that. You know, pay pay your six bucks and go see that.
1: I would do that. And if you can get, yeah, I I have never understood why, other than tr- other than we still have this hang-up on what television is, and mm-hmm. it is still incredibly important as a mass tool. Uh, but you know, if you put the stream. Make the stream readily available on every possible service. The people who want to watch it are going to watch it. Some network would gladly run it for next to nothing uh, if you're going to already raise the $75 million some other way. You know how easy it is for Hollywood to come up with $75 million? It's really easy. You just don't make those three
0: Adam Sandler movies for Netflix.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're all so much better. But no, yeah. And especially when you get into the weirdness of, it's the Disney Corporation paying $75 million to air this show, and Disney's the one major studio that's never won the Best Picture Oscar. It's, you know, why are we having the money-making <laughs> shingle that only produces films that cost $200 million to gross $5 billion? Mm-hmm. Why are they funding this show? They are not the ones interested in making the films that are going to win these. And we celebrate the economic victories of Hollywood the other 364 days of the year. This is the one night we shouldn't. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not a factor. I'm not saying it's not a consideration when they're voting. I'm not saying to ignore popularity. But this is the one night we're supposed to kind of go, you did this the best. And the best doesn't mean you made the most money.
0: Which is kind of where I emotionally checked out. Because I feel like if it was the case you'd be seeing a lot less Black Panther on there and a lot more 8th grade, but... <laughs> but...
1: And, and, I get why, for another and I get why Black Panther's there this year. Yes, we can talk for a whole other reason. Yeah. But, and, I, I, you know, far be it from me. I was not disappointed the year that The Dark Knight didn't get a Best Picture nomination. I think it's a great movie. I don't think it's one of the there were five, five best movies in the year. five better movies. Exactly! Yeah. If this was not a crime. It's It, it, it did what it was supposed well, to and do. And Heath Ledger won for a reason. He deserved it. It's yeah.
0: great. And getting to that, too, and maybe to clo- start closing it down, I-, I think they keep doing things to increase viewership. But the thing is, I don't know that there's casual movie viewers who are so... Like, I don't look forward to the Tonys or the Grammys or the Golden Globes or anything like that. And Golden Globes, there's alcohol, so it's <laughs> fun. But, you know, I, but I, I'm a movie guy. I love watching the Oscars because it is that night where you celebrate movies. Yeah. So, you know what? don't alienate your fan base like don't don't alienate the people who love movies and are tuning in by saying well we're going to cut back on you know the spontaneity and the uh the real time uh joy of this by giving you you know robert downey jr (laughs) coming flying in as iron man like
1: don't alienate yes agree agree do we have anything else to say on Asperger's? I think not. Other than boy, I'll be up late at night. I tend to I tend to Facebook uh, live tweet it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, not on Twitter. I tend to Facebook.
0: I think we should put. What is your Twitter handle?
1: Ah, uh, the Twitter handle is Perry Loves Film. You can check me out there. Uh, if you friend me on Facebook, you'll be able to follow me all night, Oscar night. I, I enjoy, I enjoy making, uh, making posts that make no sense three years later when they come up on my this day in history because I don't remember what it's in reference to. But yes, I do it in the moment.
0: And I will tell you what I will, I will handle the uh, we're watching here Twitter account, <laughs> watching cast and the Facebook page. That will. My so many of my followers will be so thankful for that uh, that it's <laughs> relegated to that page. But uh, I will both be live tweeting this, so follow us along, tweet at us, and uh, I stay up late too. I've often taken the day off work after. <laughs> team, uh, Roma. team Roma. I am Team Roma. I am 100 percent Team Roma. I would not be upset if Black Klansman won, but it's not going to happen. And Roma is fantastic. <laughs> there we go. Uh, find us on all the places you get podcasts. We'll be back next week with our, uh, our regular episode. And if you like these bonus episodes, we'll do a few, and then after a while, they will be hidden behind the Patreon wall. So uh, if you contribute, you get to hear them. We'll see you next week.